So, yeah, again, thank you for being here. Tonight we're going to do a slightly different uh, from our usual format because it's a bit more instruction. I thought to give about a 15-minute intro talk and then we'll have our usual half-hour meditation. I'll offer some guidance. Then we have about 15 minutes social time for our cup of tea and then I'll give a little bit more instruction and then we'll have time for any questions. So in consultation with the uh, committee, we decided that this could be a good time to really review the basics of insight meditation because, as our name says, we are an insight meditation group, which means that the practices we're doing here together and the overall approach to our meditation really rests on a specific lineage or tradition of the Buddha's teachings. And even though it's grounded in the Buddha's teachings, you don't have to be Buddhist to take advantage of them because, as we'll be hearing, what he discovered were really universal truths that apply to all human beings. So over the next six weeks, I'm going to be reviewing some of the key practices of insight meditation. I'll mostly be focusing on the actual practice techniques, but also giving a little bit of context about why we do what we do, the purpose, the overall aspirations and the goals. Because sometimes if we focus too much on just the techniques, we can lose sight of the bigger picture. And so this is what we're going to be exploring over these six weeks. Make yourself at home, grab a seat. And because this is quite an unusual uh, circumstance, it might be an opportunity you'd like to take over the next six weeks to make a commitment to deepen your meditation practice. So uh, in different communities that I teach around the world, and you may have seen online, quite often different communities take a period of time to focus more intensively on their meditation practice. So they have themes like they have a commit to sit time, or you may have seen March meditation month. Now we're in July, which makes alliteration a little harder. But I thought of jumpstart July. It can be an opportunity to jumpstart our practice, to put a little bit more energy into it over these six weeks. So you might consider establishing a more regular meditation practice if you don't already have one. Or if you do, you might consider boosting it a little bit, perhaps sitting for a bit longer each day or bringing in some walking meditation perhaps some meta practice. And I'll make a few more suggestions about that at the end of the evening. But for now, before we get too much into the specifics, I wanted to say a little bit about why we do this type of meditation and to look at the benefits that we can expect if we put in the time and the energy. So there's a clue in the name. The reason... Uh, this is called insight meditation, is because it helps us to see clearly. Now, 
I'm guessing on one level, most of us would say, well, I see pretty clearly. I know what's going on in my life, at least day to day. And yet, perhaps it's also true that some of us, speaking for myself, find ourselves getting caught up in pretty similar dramas over and over again. See similar patterns, similar relationships, similar life situations that feel to keep repeating. And perhaps for some of us at other times, it's the opposite. Life deals us some kind of totally unexpected challenge and we find ourselves at a loss of how to navigate it. We feel just tossed about by life's circumstances, totally at the mercy of situations and systems that are beyond our control. So either way, insight meditation aims to help us see clearly how we ourselves are often unconsciously contributing to our own stress and distress. And with practice, with training, we learn how to recognize how the unhelpful patterns are keeping us caught in compulsive reactivity of all kinds. Patterns of greed or addiction or anger or resentment, jealousy, anxiety, fear, panic, self-pity, despair, numbness. It's a pretty long list. But through meditation, we get to see how these patterns get activated. And then with that clear seeing, with that insight or understanding or wisdom, we can learn how to free ourselves from these patterns. And when the heart and mind are free, we naturally experience ease, happiness, peace, and deeper and deeper freedom. But it doesn't stop there because that allows us to bring these same qualities into our families, our workplaces, our communities, and make a positive contribution to the welfare of all. And I like to emphasize that up front because sometimes meditation is perceived as a solitary, even self-indulgent practice. But it's, this is a misunderstanding because if we really look at the Buddha's teachings, it's very clear that we don't do this practice just for our own benefit. To put it in contemporary understanding, contemporary language, there's an understanding that hurt people hurt people and healed people heal people. Now, perhaps you don't think of yourself as hurt. There might be other ways we could phrase that and still get the same meaning. So you might say trapped people, trap people, and freed people, free people. You can find your own words to express that, whatever feels true for you. But I'm guessing that every one of us came here to meditation out of some sense that something maybe wasn't quite right on some level, and that there might perhaps be a better way of living one's life. So already there's a seed of wisdom in that motivation. And insight meditation helps us to develop that wisdom to its fullest expression. So perhaps that's sounding a little bit lofty or maybe even a bit abstract. So I'd like to bring it to 
right here and right now. And explore, well, how does insight meditation help us to live more skillfully? It all starts with mindfulness. The capacity to know what we're doing as we're doing it and to know that we know. So that's just one very simple definition of mindfulness to get us started. And it sounds very simple, but as I'm sure you all know, it's not so easy to actually put into practice. So I'd like to try a short experiment, just for a couple of minutes. In a moment, I'm going to ring a bell and invite you to just be mindful for two minutes. If you've done meditation before, don't focus your attention anywhere. Just sit and be mindful. And after two minutes, I'll ring a bell. Okay, clear enough? So I'll ring a bell to start and a bell after two minutes. Just be mindful. Okay, was anybody fully, completely present for that entire time? Maybe, maybe not. What did you notice? Sensations. Physical sensations. Sounds. Sounds. Thoughts. Thoughts. Breath. Blessed stillness, yeah. Things keep changing. Things keep changing, There's yeah. There's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of things going on, yeah, yeah. yeah. Judgment. Judgment, yep. <coughs> self-judgment or, yeah, self-judgment. Yeah, so just in two minutes, there's a lot of things going on. And for most people, it's hard to just stay steady and present with all of that, particularly thoughts. I don't know, were you able to just be with the thoughts? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah? Yeah, for two minutes. Great. Yeah. So I offer that just to highlight that even though it's easy, I mean, it's simple, it's not easy and uh, telling ourselves to just be mindful often feels like a kind of setup because again for myself often within nanoseconds 
the mind just reverts back to its usual habit of wandering, worrying, fantasizing, planning, ruminating, and so on. And sometimes we don't even recognize that that's happening until the bell rings 30 minutes later at the end of the sitting. So for most people, it's surprisingly hard to establish mindfulness just by itself. And we actually need the support of another mental quality that doesn't get as much attention. And that's the quality traditionally known as samadhi. Now, usually in this course, I'm trying not to use the Pali words, the Pali language, Pali being the language that the Buddha's teachings were transmitted in. But one thing I've discovered in what I've learned so far is that compared to English, the Pali language is much more sophisticated when it comes to describing the mind and mental activity. So this word... Samadhi refers to the mind's capacity to be steady, stable, gathered, undistracted, still, unwavering, and unified rather than fragmented. So you can see we need a lot of English words to try and convey what in Pali is just one word. So, yes. Yes. With samadhi. Yeah, yeah this, the, the mind can be gathered on one point or it can be steady with a wide range of things. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I'll come back to that later on. But just to say that we need stability of mind to support the mindfulness. And one of the challenges of most of us living the contemporary lives that we do is that most of our mainstream conditioning goes totally against non-distraction, steadiness, stillness, and so on. Most of us are pushed into multitasking and to overstimulation and to habitual distractedness and entertainment seeking and stimulation. So when we sit down to meditate, our minds are often all over the place, jumpy, agitated, restless, scattered. So this is a practice. It's a training in developing sati or mindfulness and samadhi together so that they can reinforce and support each other. And in the texts, it's actually sati and samadhi are described as two hands washing each other. So we get the sense of how we need both of them equally to, to get good results. So this training to develop a steady and relaxed and continuous presence of mind, we usually begin by bringing awareness to the breath. And the breath has many benefits as what we call a meditation object. One, it's always there. If we're alive, we're breathing, we have an opportunity to meditate. So you can practice that even right now as you're listening to me or maybe half listening to me. Some of your attention can be connected with the experience of the breath. 
And it's a kind of anchor or a home base to come back to whenever you realize that you've got lost or distracted. The second benefit of the breath is that it's always in the present moment. The sensations of the breath are only ever happening now and now and now in this moment. Unlike the mind, which is very often racing off into the future or going back into the past. And the more we get used to being in the present moment, the more we realize how pleasant it is and how not being present is actually stressful, sometimes subtly stressful, sometimes very stressful. So coming back to the physical sensations of the breath brings us directly into the ease of the present moment. And then the third benefit of the breath is that it has a rhythm to it. So it flows in, it flows out. It's constantly changing in quite subtle ways. And that makes it easy to pay attention to than something that's static. And the fourth benefit is that that rhythm of the breath is for most people quite calming. The more we stay steady and present to the breath, the, usually the quieter the mind gets. Not always, but generally speaking, just allowing the attention to connect with the breath tends to help the mind become less agitated. And that in turn allows the body to relax a bit more fully and then the mind can calm down even more. So right there actually is an important insight the interconnectedness between body and mind. So sometimes we see that more clearly in reverse. If we come to meditation with an expectation about what's supposed to happen, that we're supposed to be making ourselves calm, then if that doesn't happen, the mind can get caught in judgment. The mind contracts, the body contracts. That tension makes the mind react even more, the body becomes more tense, and it sets up that spiral but with insight the understanding that the body and mind are interconnected are interconnected we learn how to release the judgment open to what is accept okay this is how it is right now and then with that spaciousness in the mind the mind releases relaxes the body relaxes and we drop down into the steadiness of sati and samadhi together. And with time and practice, this becomes more and more effortless. And it's very deeply nourishing for the nervous system. So that's a brief overview of where this is heading. Probably enough words for now. I'll leave time at the end for questions. And I thought for now, just to move into a shortish guided meditation. <laughs>